Hey, I'm Cameron. I'm Malcolm Jones. And welcome to the Land Cable Podcast, where we talk about all things gaming, mostly. Whether you're from PC or console, or from Steam or Epic, we got you covered with the latest news, and the latest topics, and the latest gaming mishaps. So plug in your keyboards, mouses, and even Steam controllers if you got them, because the Land Cable Podcast starts now. Welcome back, everybody, to the Land Cable Podcast. I'm Cameron. I'm Malcolm Jones. And I think this is episode four we're on now. Episode four of the Land Cable Podcast. It's been a busy, busy week. A lot of news has come out. We got a lot of things to talk about with you guys. Uh, so many news articles regarding games and, and consoles and the whole nine. But first, we wanted to uh, wish everybody uh, uh, a happy 4th of July that we weekend that passed. Um, I didn't do much, but just cook burgers and, uh, watch TV. Um, didn't really do much. Uh, we can't really do much COVID-19 stuff, but, uh, we hope you guys had a great weekend in pandemic and yeah, had some good food. Hopefully. Yeah. Hope you guys had a great one. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, but, uh, we played a lot of games. We started to get into some, uh, new games these, this past, uh, weekend, uh, Malcolm, you got into uh, the Outer Worlds for the first time. Uh, doing well, not only that, through. Gears Five as well. Gears Five, yes, you got through Gears Five. Now, we attempted to, we wanted to live stream Gears uh, Four and Four. Five on Twitch, but we ran into an issue to where, whenever we were in a game together, it would kick us out. Uh, uh, of course, we're using Xbox Game Pass, uh, so. Apparently we went online tried to figure out what it was and apparently this is an issue that has never been resolved uh, For PC and Xbox and it's been Game an Pass. ongoing issue for years. Yeah years and it has never been fixed So I'm very very disappointed. I mean one of the main reasons I got Xbox Game Pass was I wanted to play gears with Malcolm And we just didn't get a chance to do that. Um, so it's unfortunate, but uh, you got to actually beat uh, Gears 5. Um, so, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on it? I know you played Gears 4, and now you played Gears 5 for the first time. So what were your so thoughts So someone on who has actually played through the whole series, and I, I don't need to come off as elitist if I do, but I've, I've loved Gears since I was like a kid, and it first scared me. Oh, yeah. So, like, I've loved Gears. Right. And... Gears 4 was the first time I was like, okay, they're going in a little bit of a different direction. And, like, the things that Gears 4 messed up on, Gears 5 picked back up, which was cool. Right. Uh, one of the best parts about Gears 5 is the first in the franchise to introduce side quests, side missions. Mm -hmm. So that was really interesting. I liked that. They weren't too out of the way. They were interesting. And also, um, the coolest part about it is it's a couple, you would have to do a couple of playthroughs to get all the upgrades for uh, Jack, who is now a playable character for the first time as well. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know who Jack is, that's the robot. So actually, for the first time, allowing for three-player co-op in Gears of War for the first time. And Jack can die, too. So it's, you know, it's an interesting kind of concept uh, to have for Gears. Right. Uh, it feels more open world. It obviously isn't. But it's, you know, I enjoy it. I'm not a huge fan of the knife. I rarely use it. I don't really enjoy using it personally. Yeah. 
Uh, also, it makes it a little bit more difficult when RB, which is the right bumper on the controller, uh, you, you use that to use uh, uh, the chainsaw gun, which wouldn't be a problem if it was the same button to reload. Right, right. So I've actually had many times where I can't tell if my gun jammed or the, the chainsaw gun jammed, like when I tried to rev it, or if I accidentally just touched it the wrong way and it reloads instead of revs. Right. And that can get you killed in that game. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, is so it... That I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, I I don't know if we're ready. To... Mm, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, do you... What did you think of the story? Do you think the story was better than Gears 4? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, not even a question. Because that was my but concern. But the problem is, and we've talked about this, there's a difference between story and plot. Plot is the driving force for the story. And we we kind of settled on two different plots. Uh, you know, one was Marcus' son, and one right. was, I unfortunately cannot remember her name, but the person who is related to the locust uh, the queen. people. Yeah, the queen. Yeah. Uh, Queen Mira. I can't remember her name for some reason, but anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so basically it was a both. It was about them. Right. Uh, the game really focused on her, which was fine. I enjoyed playing as her. It's the first time we've played as a female character in a Gears game. Right. Um, unlike in Last of Us, I hate even bringing that up, uh, the gameplay changes in Last of Us. The gameplay does not change in Gears. You can do basically everything is the same. You're just shorter. That's kind of it. Okay. I mean, that's not a big deal. Right. Uh, but I thought the story was interesting. Uh, I don't know if we're willing to get into spoiler territory yet, but uh, there are basically, you have a choice toward the end of the game. Uh, arguably, like the last hour, you have a choice mm -hmm. to make. Uh, and it's saving the life of one or two people. Or sorry, one of two people. And, you know, the two characters... I don't know. Are we doing spoiler, or we don't? We don't have to. No, no. I mean, I, the game's been out for a while, and we want you. I was gonna say we want you guys to understand is that you know we've we've uh, we know the game's been out for a while. Uh, me personally, I think. Well, I think both of us. We kind of walked away a little bit from the Gears series after the third one, and then uh, when the Coalition got a got coalition. a hold of Coalition, Coalition, mm -hmm. Jesus. Uh, when they got a hold of uh, the Gears series. Um, you know, we weren't necessarily super excited um, because it, it, it was so deviated. At least I, I'll just speak for myself. It, it was so deviated from the first three games that I, I just wasn't as interested as I was. Well, for they the took first aspects games. from uh, the Call of Duty franchise where right. they wanted to make it feel more cinematic, which is fine. But the problem is that puts you on rail boxes. And that are rail systems, right? Just like in your favorite game, Cameron uh, Anthem. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't call it my favorite, but it is a. Yeah. It, it, for me, it's likable. It's it's tolerable. Yeah. Tolerable. Oh, no, yeah. Um, you know, so people tolerate a lot of things. That's all. <laughs> uh. But um, but yeah, okay. But yeah, so Gears Five yeah. is 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 better. Is a step up from Gears Four, which yeah, to me a... was a very was huge disappointment. Gears Four. Yeah, no. Well, you didn't even get a chance to play it. You got but to see I, the cutscenes. Yeah, I got to see the cutscenes. Yeah. In terms of story, I was just not. Oh, from a cutscene perspective, oh gosh, that's that's that hurts. the The cool thing about Gears Five is they actually talk about Anya Phoenix. Okay. And if you don't know who Anya Phoenix is, that's Marcus's Phoenix's wife. Right. That was my biggest question in Halo or Halo in Gears Four. 
is about what happened to her. I know she passed away, but I didn't know further than that. And then you know more in this in the Gears Five. Well, yeah, happened. it brings it. It's very blunt. Okay. Very like there's no hiding it. It's very clear what happened and okay. what her legacy is and everything. But what's kind of messed up is uh, JD does something in the beginning of Gears Five that pe- uh, that is deemed by everyone really as a not only just a mistake but a dire mistake. Okay. That cost the life of many many people. And mm-hmm. this causes a friction in the uh, in the friendship he has with JD, who is uh no no jd is marcus's son dell is the character i'm thinking of okay uh dell is a one our african-american character our black character who he's cool i like him uh he's not like coltrane and he's not coltrane's son i feel like i have to say that for some reason but uh he's fun he's likable uh he's the comedic relief in the game uh, he basically helps uh, Mira's daughter, well, great-granddaughter, I guess, in a sense. Okay. Uh, kind of find out who she is. Uh, for, like, 75 to 80% of the game, which is massive. And JD is just, like, gone. He's just figuring his own stuff out. Which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. But then when you get to this choice at the end of the game, which is... You have to choose to either save Dell or JD. Right. And the problem I had with that decision before we even like get into like what the right choice or what the canon choice is, is you're with Dell most of the game figuring your stuff out. JD's just being a dick trying to figure his own thing out. Right. So if we're talking realistically, the our character would probably save Dell. That just makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is Dell not only is he new to the franchise just from Gears 4, just the same as JD, but but JD is Marcus's Fe- Marcus Phoenix Marcus Phoenix's son. Right. And and if you've played the Gears series, Marcus has lost a lot. And I mean a lot. And it's unfortunate because I played the game twice, or well not twice, but like the ending twice. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of see what the reaction of the characters to see who would die. And unfortunately, if JD dies, who is Marcus's son, it's uh, it it's more hurtful. There's a lot more sorrow. But when Dell dies, it's more like consoling. And you see JD and Marcus connect more as father and son. Mm-hmm. So it's unfortunately more heartwarming, which is, which fucking sucks. And then they tried to tease us with Coltrane dying, which was just bullshit. That was <laughs> oh, yeah. not necessary. Well, well, going back to the to the deaths real quick, um, do you know which one they will consider canon and which one they won't consider Cameron, canon? Come on, really? It'll be it'll be it'll be JD. Dell's gonna die. Yeah, Del, yeah, okay. No, yeah, Del, Del's dead. That's Del, yeah, okay. No. Yeah, they're not gonna do that. Well, no, based see, on the ending, it didn't even do that in games really. Well, it, it hurt because like they they basically gave us a character. We didn't even get to really know him that well in four. We really focused on playing JD, right? And then he then we get to really know him, and that's when he dies. And it sucks because it's always like, well, you know, you know this problem. You know, when black people are introduced into video games, they're first of all you're not usually the main character, and they're usually the comedic relief. Right, absolutely. And unfortunately, he was both. And that sucks, because he's an interesting character. I liked him. Yeah. Uh, He actually does something really great with Jack in the beginning. Jack almost dies. Uh, Sorry, Jack 1.0. 
and like from the original Gears games. Okay. Which is cool. And he almost dies, and he's like calling for him, and everyone's just like, "Let him go!" And it's like, it's like, he's just a robot. That's not his fault. <laughs> I was great. We even got that in the stream. Right. I was great. It's not his fault. One of my favorite parts of the game, and that's in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but no, it's enjoyable. I think the ending was a little whatever because basically it just set up for, you know, to end their trilogy because there's Gears One, Two, and Three. We don't talk about Judgment and whatever they're trying to do with this. Uh, what is it called? I'll just call it. It's not a top down. It's like a strategical. It's like uh, uh, what is it called? It's it's got Overwatch. What is it called? It's like XCOM. XCOM. I forgot okay. it. RTS. There we go. All right. Uh, yeah, whatever that is. Um, so a huge but, step up from the fourth game, and it yeah, it's like a huge step up from the fourth game, but it's still direction. not better than the original three for no, sure. No, uh, two is still my favorite. Yeah, same, uh, same. Three, three is really important uh, to the whole series, but two is still my favorite. The cool part about Gears Five is they reference things from Gears, the original Gears. Okay. So if anyone remembers ripping through the worm, yo, uh, I remember worm that skeleton yeah. is in one of the towns, and that's actually how they get a lot of their oil. That like, is well, insane. how do they drill in? It's like, well, the worm helped. Oh, so. that is insane! I remember that mission in Gears. That was one of my favorite missions in the game, and it happens like early on. I think. That was a cool thing. Your character goes like, "Wow, I still can't believe they did that." Yeah, they ripped through the worm with their guns. Yeah. Like, that's what happened. I remember that scene. I think I even recorded it on my uh, on my Xbox One when the basically all the games became digital. Right. Uh, for the Xbox One. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, that scene is just so iconic. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think. But yeah. No, I would. Uh, I would definitely recommend Gears Five uh, okay. if you're a if you loved the series from the beginning. Um, I don't think it's the best Gears game. It's definitely the best of the the new two. Uh, but that's not really saying much. Right. Uh, it's better than Judgment, so I guess that's take it as you will. <laughs> it's like one of the worst. Exactly. No, it's not one of the worst. It is, it is the, the worst. worst. <laughs> Unnecessary. Um, yeah. You know, but well, we all that, want to play as Baird, though. and no shade to Baird. Baird's not bad. It's just I don't. I would have rather played Coltrane than Baird any day. Like, yeah. It's not even a question. Yeah. Um, even though you know, Coltrane's unfortunately a. Uh, a stereotype for a lot of different reasons exactly but um, no that, that's good though i mean i you know even though we didn't get to play gears together i i probably will one of these days you know go through gears four and five uh, on a live stream on twitch and you know just have the experience for myself because again i i play a little bit of it i can't even i don't even like to say that i played it i only played like maybe part of like act one and then you know i was we weren't able to so one of these days I, you know i'll give it a try i'm a huge fan of the gear series again um you know it, it would be nice to get back into that series and, and look at the different stories um you know so that that's really cool that's really cool i'm glad you 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 liked it and um that it was a step up from gears for uh, me me personally i uh the only game i've been into recently uh has been Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls. Um I've been wanting to get into the Diablo series for quite some time. I think for a little over a year now. Um and so far I must say that I'm so happy with my decision to buy this game. It is so much fun. I love the lore. I love the I love the combat. I love the 
the abilities that you get in this game um i'm playing as a necromancer and so far i'm not i'm not too into the story yet i'm still on act one and i've been playing for at least i, I probably have at least five six hours in in the game um and so far the story is this you know uh this angel comes down from heaven and you have to go out and save him and get his powers back so he can remember who he is and everything and there's this whole war going on between heaven and hell uh and i think that is so amazing because i i'm drawn i don't know why i'm drawn to stories where it's a story about heaven and hell uh or heaven versus hell rather i mean you look at uh, devil may cry you look at dark siders you look at dante's inferno you look at you know spawn yeah i'm just i'm just obsessed with that lore of heaven versus hell kind of things and this game doesn't shy away from that there's a lot there's a lot to it that i haven't even experienced yet haven't gotten a chance to experience yet um so i'm really excited for it i'm really excited for it been streaming it i streamed it a little bit last night and then i streamed it when i first played it uh the night before so yeah it's 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 a great game so far i'm new to it uh, i know diablo 4 is going to be coming out uh soon so i want to get at least the story dealt with before i get into diablo 4 because i think it's coming out this year um so that's 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 what i've been into and then you've you of course uh another game you've been into is the outer worlds and you said i think before we started the podcast you said you're almost done with the story i think yeah uh so the game is if you're doing most of the side quests and you're focusing on the main story of course the game's gonna be about a 25 hour which is not bad you know it's not great for an rpg especially an open world right. rpg or an outer world rpg it's a dumb joke but it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> but um no it's a lot of fun if you like fallout i think you'll enjoy it um it's made by the people who made arguably one of the best fallouts which was fallout new vegas yeah and it's a well, the the crazy thing about this game is it's it's a lot uh more user friendly mm-hmm. the game is very aware of like well not aware but it's eh, a walk in the park isn't what i would like to say but it's it's easier it's it's a lot more friendly to someone who's new to the genre for sure mm-hmm. uh you're not going to be really worrying about ammo uh you're not going to be really worrying about defeating enemies for the most part which is nice uh your right. crew members are pretty cool the game allows you basically a hundred percent control of what you're doing if you want to just kill someone you can just kill someone doesn't matter who they are like it's you know it's it's very open the dialogue is very uh extreme in both directions extreme in helpfulness really? and extreme in like evilness okay which is interesting uh the game's comedic so it's got that borderlands feel with the type of banter mm-hmm. that you can have which is interesting there's actually a robot in the game that has a banter mode which was interesting <laughs> i wasn't expecting that but it's a it's a lot of fun. I think anyone who likes space exploring and blowing things up and talking their mouth off, they're gonna have a blast with this one for sure. Okay. Do you do you see them? I know you haven't beaten the game, but do you so far see them making a sequel to this game? Uh, I mean, it's possible. I don't think they need to, but you know, I think if it does well enough, I think it definitely will get one. Uh, that's the problem, or most people don't. Oh, not everyone may know, but uh, Obsidian is not owned by Xbox. 
Yes. Yes. That so is true. Uh, I wasn't super excited about that because that basically meant they're not doing Fallout anymore. If that's the case, because Fallout's not trying to be an exclusive. Right. Uh. So I don't know. Uh, I would play a sequel. I still stand by my stance that the game's not sixty worth. It's worth sixty dollars. Okay, because it's so because right. it's not. Yeah, sorry, it's sixty worth. There, there's kind of actually like a southern accent to a lot of the characters in the beginning. Right. It was kind of rubbing off on me for a little bit. I was trying to get used to it. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, we were talking offline, and then you said something in an accent. I was like, "Why are you talking like that?" You <laughs> just like, yeah. Well, you start getting used to it. Yeah. Um. So not that it's bad, it's just different. Right. Um yeah, I mean it's it's the wild wild west meets space. And oh. they even got a little Rick and Morty in there for you if you like crazy scientists. <laughs> That's awesome. So they they got that too. And they have space weapons or not sorry, space weapons. They have science weapons, which I just thought meant plasma. Right. And like energy weapons. No, that's not what it means. We're talking shrink rays. Uh we're talking like things that like alter uh zero gravity. Right. Uh, you know that that was interesting, um, and I think everything's just really user friendly. I don't know if I can stress that enough. Uh, for an RPG, usually it's you got to really get used to the system. Mm-hmm. This game, you could drop in at any point and pretty much get the hang of it pretty quickly, which is actually a pretty big compliment. I would say it's the uh, it's the iPhone of the RPG world. Really? You know, it's yeah, it's you know, it's really user friendly. It's still a lot of fun to play. Yes, it's a little expensive because, like I said, I don't think it's worth sixty. And yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if you can get it for thirty, uh, unfortunately, I think it's only forty-eight on sale on Xbox right now, uh, from what I've seen. But if you can get a right. chance to play it, I think it's definitely worth worth the time. And I was blowing through it, so like, I think if you took your time, you'd really enjoy the the time you put into it. Yeah, I was playing through it. Uh, I have it downloaded on uh, Xbox Game Pass. Uh, I think eventually I'll get to it. Hopefully they don't take it away anytime like soon. Like I said, Xbox, uh, well, Obsid- they own Obsidian, so I-, I doubt they'll take it off. Right. Well, I mean, I- I- it's it looked amazing. It looked amazing. It looked fun. And everything you said just makes me want to play it more. So I'm excited. Maybe I will play it after I... Uh, you know, play the play through the gears series. Um, but that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're liking it. And I hope that uh, I hope that when you're done with it, you'll give it your final review on the next podcast. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. That's a crazy thing, actually. As of this podcast, I'm at the end. Yeah. I'm <laughs> on like the right last boss fight. Was just. Funny. I was like right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how close it was. I was like, can I get two games in before the podcast? Apparently not, but that's okay. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah. So. That's the games we've been playing. Uh, who knows if we'll be playing new games by the time we do the next podcast, but uh, I'm pretty sure we will. Uh, but moving on from that, now we're going to get into the stories for today. Now, like I said, we have many stories for you guys to uh, talk about today, and we're going to try and get through them in a timely matter, manner. Uh, so we got a whole bunch of stories. Now, the first story that we're going to talk about is the Xbox Series S is going to compete with the PS5. Uh, a new report about the next-gen Xbox may spell trouble for a PlayStation and the PS5. Uh, the latest report about the next iteration of Xbox claims that this August, Microsoft will reveal the Xbox Series S, a companion console to the Xbox Series X that would be less powerful, cheaper version of the latter. 
uh, according to the report, which comes from The Verge. While the Xbox Series S won't be as technically impressive as the bloated Xbox Series X, it will come packing the same exact CPU speeds. In other words, despite being pitched as the inferior, cheaper next-gen Xbox, it will be utilizing a faster CPU than the standard PS5. Now, my question to you, Malcolm, because you know more about uh, the technical aspects of, of, of uh, and the different things that go into uh, consoles and, and these uh, and hardware in general. Do you think that having a faster CPU is enough to put them ahead of what PlayStation is offering with the PlayStation 5? Well, I think the problem really always comes down to why does someone buy a console versus a PC? Uh, I don't right. mean to deflect, but that's that's a very important question when someone buys a console. Oh, absolutely. And most people are buying a console for the exclusives, right? And you know to see more graphical improvements in their games, right? Mm -hmm. So if all you're telling me is that I can buy my Xbox Series, you said the S version, yeah, right? the S instead of the X. Um, so the new Xbox Series X or S, excuse me. Uh, yeah, it would be faster theoretically. As we've talked about before, Xbox usually has the better hardware, but for some reason they always don't utilize it. Yeah, which is weird to the fullest extent. Of course, I don't need a lot of Xbox people telling me that they don't have the, the better hardware. And I was an Xbox person for a really long time. Shit, I still have an Xbox, and I have Xbox Game Pass. I mean, I don't know how much how much else I could prove that to you. Well, but uh, I don't think it's enough. To make someone go like I'm buying, I'd rather buy the Xbox because it's cheaper and it's also better than the PS5. It's not gonna be enough, basically, uh, because if you have a better CPU, it just means you can run things better. Uh, RAM is more when you're talking about you can run more things at the same time. Right. And remember, people are not buying the PS5 for their CPU; they're buying it for the SSD usage. Exactly. Which is much more impressive. So if it's not trying to beat it on an SSD front, if we're just talking, you know, technical aspect, it's not a big enough deal. And we also don't know for how much, uh, how much, uh, sorry, the price for this new Xbox is. We don't know the price of either of them, actually. Right, right. So it kind of really doesn't mean anything. It kind of seems just like they're trying to, like, throw a wrench in PlayStation's plans. But the reason why people are buying a PS5 is so they can play the exclusives. Miles Morales, Horizon Zero Dawn. Two, um, something about the West. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't think it's a big enough deal. I think it's interesting. I think it it'll make people more interested in buying the Xbox, uh, for sure. Yeah. But the problem is, I don't know if it will also have the backwards compatibility that the Xbox Series X will have, and I think that'll be a bigger proponent because that's why people are going to be buying an Xbox. Absolutely, they're not buying an Xbox for the exclusives because they don't exist. Right. Yeah, and, and Xbox, I mean, what I gather so far is that Xbox Series X is going to be better on paper, but the PlayStation 5 is what's going to push the technology to its limits. I mean, in this article, it says that the PlayStation 5 will still be the more powerful machine, but it won't be the most powerful console. And this is coming from comic book uh, news uh, gaming, uh, but it's also coming from The Verge. But yeah, it says that, and I'm trying to understand what that means. The PS5 will be the overall more powerful machine, but the Xbox... Because I'm saying CPU is in everything. Right. 
that's the that's what i'm saying it's it's the ssd usage that's the big deal with the playstation 5 yeah and they talked to even... developers absolutely know, no they did a good job developers wanted. like i said as much as i'm not for this rumored price or rumored prices right um i just i really want to see what it what it ends up being and what kind of sales they have in mind for the holiday season uh, there have been many, many jokes about what people will do for a PS5, mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's it's just too early, and honestly, with the pandemic going on, it's it's a little unreasonable to think, or not unreasonable. Some people obviously have the means, but to drop like five to six hundred or up on a on a brand new console when there's not even a lot of games coming out this Absolutely. year for those next gen consoles. Yeah. Because what people really would want them if you were to tell me right now that the second that the Xbox Series X and the PS5 dropped, I could play the new version, the new enhanced version of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, I think that'd be a huge selling point. Right. But the cool thing that they did do is they promised a free upgrade and I think that's a big deal. So that'll definitely entice people to do that for Absolutely. sure. Which was interesting because Xbox was actually the first person or for the first company to bring that up and confirm it. Right. Uh, I don't know if that changes anyone's minds on what console they want, but uh, because Xbox technically has the uh, better hardware, but they won't utilize it as well as they've shown in the past. Right. And, you know, uh, at the end of, at the end of the day for me and i think for a lot of people it, it's going to come down to those exclusives and what 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 oh, games are going to be on your hardware and i mean That's and what you buy a console for absolutely absolutely and speaking of exclusives our next topic uh goes straight to xbox again trying to add to their small exclusive library um doesn't even count it's going to come to pc yeah exactly like uh, i'm saying there are no exclusives nope uh Apparently, AT&T uh, AT has reportedly been considering selling off Warner Brothers, as we all know, and it appears that Microsoft has entered the conversation for buying Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. And if, if they do, they're looking to buy NetherRealm, which, of course, you know, makes the Mortal Kombat games, uh, the and Lego Injustice, Injustice uh, the, and, and they also own the Lego games, uh, um, also Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor, and, of course, Rocksteady, who make the uh critically arkham acclaimed games. arkham games yeah so i mean again uh, and i and i read into this a lot um it, it apparently if microsoft did get these studios they wouldn't necessarily get the license because a lot of those characters are licensed off from other properties so they wouldn't be able to get a lot of those licenses uh they wouldn't be able to use certain characters so you know, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I, AT&T still isn't sure about whether they want to sell Warner Brothers Interactive yet. So I still have my fingers crossed that they won't. Again, Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment is still doing so well without uh, being sold to another company. They're, they're doing well on their own. They have successful, especially uh, uh, the Mortal Kombat. NetherRealm have had two successful uh, series with Injustice and the Mortal Kombat series, and hopefully they're coming out with a new IP. And then we haven't heard anything from Rocksteady, but again, their last, their, their, their Arkham Well, not only that, I was pretty sure that it, I'm not 100% sure it was confirmed or not, but they're working on a uh, Suicide Squad game. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's rumored. It's rumored so, that they're working on one. So that's huge. Yeah. I think a lot of what's happening is we're really waiting to see the release or the announcement of the next Batman game, which is going to be by WB Montreal. Right. Uh, which is rumored to be the Court of Owls, which would be or yes. actually no, actually the rumor was Batman Legacy. Which Arkham was Legacy, yeah, yeah. Arkham yeah. Legacy, which was going to deal with the um, the Court of Owls, which we've not seen in a game yet. And you're going to play as Damien, I heard. I've heard That'd conflicting yeah. rumors that you're going to play as yeah, Damien. Yeah, I think or... I've been saying for a long time, I love Bruce Wayne. There are different Batman. There are a few. So I'm definitely for that. Or if you're playing as Nightwing, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time to, you know, not obviously take off the mantle or take away the mantle, but I think we can explore other aspects of Batman than Bruce Wayne. Right. Like, I mean, you can't sit there and tell him you don't want to see what it's like to play as Thomas Wayne in the Flashpoint universe. That would arguably be some of the most most interesting storytelling we would have had in a Batman game ever. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Especially because Batman's already been cemented in the gaming industry and through the storytelling of the Arkham series, we could do it. Yeah. Absolutely we can. And I uh I mean I, I don't know. I, I want to see what Rockstar ha- uh, Rockstar, Jesus, Rocksteady has up their sleeve. I mean, they haven't we haven't seen a game from them like what, five years? Five years since Batman. Uh, unfortunately, Night that's out? not true. There was the VR experience for Batman that Rocksteady ended up doing. Okay, the VR experience, but um, I mean, most people wouldn't count that, which I can't really argue with those people. <laughs> but yeah. But I'm talking about like a big AAA release of like a big game, a big series. Yeah, the last one was Night. Arkham yeah, the Night. last one was Night, and that's that was like five years ago. So I, I'm really interested, and and I do want to see what they have cooking up i mean i've heard rumors that you know they've had they've been in development of of a superman game this game that game and then it kept getting shut down or or rejected by warner brothers so i don't know but but what i do know is i don't want i don't want warner brothers interactive entertainment to be sold to anybody um i don't trust any of these developers because it's just gonna mess everything up it's gonna mess well it needs to stay in house yeah it needs to to stay stay in house as as it has yeah and it's just and if you start splitting it up, up, the games are not going to be as good. Exactly. Because exactly. again, as Xbox uh, in the article you were talking about, <clears throat> they're not going to be able to get all of the licenses, even if they get the property. Exactly. And that's kind of half the point. Mm-hmm. If you lose the licenses, then you're not going to be able to do everything. And then you're not going to get this quality of product. Yeah. And that's the problem. Now, my question is... Uh... Do you see Sony putting themselves out there to try? Because I never thought Microsoft would try and go after, uh, you know, the Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. Do you see Sony putting their name out there to try and get those properties, or do you do you see them trying to get a specific property, not like the whole catalog, but instead maybe Rock? They try to get Rocksteady, or they try to get NetherRealm, or they try to get another studio within the Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment uh, uh, house, do you think that Sony will put their names out there? Eventually? I hope not, actually. They've already spent a lot of money on uh, acquiring... Uh, who did Spider-Man? It was... Insomniac. Yeah, they just, they just bought Insomniac. That's a lot. Right. And it was a very... I'll argue, impulse buy, really. 
Uh, I'm glad they did it. I mean, Spider-Man was a very successful game for the PS4, and it will actually define the PS4's legacy, arguably. And, you know, even with this Miles Morales, uh, I'll just call it half a game or a short game, uh, and obviously the sequel to Spider-Man uh, will also define the PS5's legacy as well. I think they're okay with what they have. I don't think there's a reason to try to do Marvel and DC games for them. Uh, I think they can. They should just focus on what they have because what right. they have is great. Right. Just because you have everything doesn't mean you do everything well. Right. You don't want to be the cheesecake factory where the only good thing is cheesecake, and then everything else is like that's eh, okay. You know, you want them to specialize in some stuff. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I think that's. Uh, I don't think it would be beneficial. They could do it, but I I don't see them doing it. Okay. It's not a smart business investment at this point for them. Okay. Well. You know, speaking of, uh, you know, hoping that we see some new titles from Rocksteady, uh, apparently Rockstar is working on a AAA title that's going to be a VR title. According to Video Games Deluxe, uh, a Sydney, Australia-based studio working exclusively with Rockstar, released uh, word via LinkedIn uh, saying that the company is currently hiring staff to build the VR a VR game. Uh, having finished the uh, critically well-received L.A. Noir, the VR case files, we are now gearing up for a new project, a AAA open-world title in the VR uh, in VR for Rockstar. 2020 marks our seventh year of working exclusively for Rockstar in Sydney, and we are excited to take on this groundbreaking project, the studio writes. Um, now, it is not confirmed, that it's going to be a new IP. It just says a triple A, it just says a triple A VR title. It doesn't say a new triple A VR title. Sure. So, For all we know it's GTA 5. So, VR, that's exactly. And that, and probably that, GTA Online specifically. Yes. And that was my point is that it's probably just going to be something we've seen before, whether it's Red Dead VR, Grand Theft Auto VR. Uh, uh, I, I don't see it being a new triple A title because. Rockstar hasn't given us a new game, a new IP, uh, or uh, an original IP or a sequel to their while. other in yeah. a while. I'm talking about years. So they're sticking with Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead. So at this point, I really just don't care because I don't believe that it's going to be a new. Number one, I don't think it's going to be a new uh, IP, and number two. I'm just not that into VR. To I was gonna say, you really... don't have VR, and neither do I. Yeah, I'm not. But I'm not I into have... VR regardless. Sure. So, I do have some friends who do have VR, and I've experienced VR on multiple occasions. Right. And it's and it's it's pretty imp- it's an it's a pretty impressive experience, uh, depending on what games you're playing or what you're looking for. Right. But it's still not at the price point for everyone to be involved in VR yet. So that's the one of the only issues I have with it, but. If a game like this comes out in the next, you know, next couple years, that that conversation might change. Right. Uh, our convers or our opinions on it may change, but no, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I'm excited to see what it is. If it's just GTA Five, then I'm not that impressed. But if it's something, if it's a new IP, I'm interested. Do you think at some point, or is it already happening, where gamers are getting tired of these Grand Theft Auto Five? You know, they're they're tired of Rockstar constantly doing the same thing each generation with just giving you the same game over and over and over again. Uh, 
you know, whether it's enhanced or not. I mean, I, I would assume gamers want something new, like a new IP from well, Rockstar. Everyone They're says tired. they want something new, and then they get something new, and they don't like it. True. Rockstar has made that apparent, uh, abundantly clear with having GTA V across three different consoles. So that's that says a lot to that. I mean, it is one of the best-selling entertainment properties of all time, Grand Theft Auto yeah. V. I mean, made billions of dollars overnight. So, uh, And it's not because of Grand Theft Auto V. I want to clarify no, that. No, it's, it's because, because of GTA, of GTA Online. Online. Yeah. That's what people... I always have to clarify it. GTA V on its own was an okay game. GTA yeah. Online is what really made it the money. Yeah. And you can bet your ass GTA 6 is going to outsell that. I mean, if people lost their shit for GTA 5 and it made that much money and GTA Online was hugely successful, and they're just going to carry that over into the next GTA game, whether it's good or bad, you know, we don't know. We, you know, it, it's, it's Rockstar. Um, and so I hope that eventually they'll come out with a new IP because I'm, I'm really tired of this. Like this is, I mean, every oh, come generation, on, yeah, man. you would just be happy if they did another midnight club. Let's not, let's not front. Well, that's well, you want a new is, IP, but you'd be okay with them going back. And I would be as well. I would be. We want bully too. Right. Another midnight club. There's plenty of games. Like or this. max paint. My, my point is, is that I'm tired of it just being grand theft auto and red dead and then Grand Theft Auto, and then Red Dead, and then a remaster of Red Dead, and then a remaster. Like, I'm just tired of the back and forth between those yeah, two Yeah, but that's games. where the industry is going, though, Cameron. That's just kind of the issue, you know? Yeah. And I'm okay with remasters, because the new IPs, it's a very mixed bunch. Yeah. Some of them are great. Most of them aren't. Yeah. And you take risks when you come out with a new IP. I understand. Right, it's a for, risk. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not willing to make that risk because look how much money they're making on GTA Five. And but why would they make a risk if they can make that much money? But that's my point: is that you can, if you made this much money from GTA Online, you as a studio. Now again, they're owned by Take Two, so I'm really talking to Take Two here. Um, you you can take a chance if you've made this much money. You can take a chance on a new IP from Rockstar, which is one of your which if not your best selling uh subsidiary that you own you can take a risk you can afford to take a risk because you've made so much money from this series you know you can afford to take a risk and if it doesn't pan out hey you're not losing any money because you make so much money from gta online and remember take two owns rockstar 2k games they make money from the nba wwe all those different types of games uh, they own uh, the Bioshock series. They they own all these series, so you can afford to take a risk on a new IP. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have well, to be where you go back and forth. I mean, I'd time. like to agree with you. I mean, I'm sure they could afford it, but that doesn't mean they're gonna do it. Like, why take the risk if they don't need to? I mean, look at GTA 5's story add-ons that got canceled. That's the best example. Yeah, yeah. When that happened. We knew that that was now the new deal. With yeah. Gears, or not Gears, uh, with Grand Theft Auto. Absolutely. Because if they're not willing to like produce content that they know would make money, but not make enough money to the point where they're making money now, then why would they do it? Yeah. It's yeah. not about the content anymore. That's 
it's unfortunately really not. the truth. Sadly, yeah. But how much can they pump out out of the same product they've had out with yeah. minor updates? Right. I, I, I mean, just me, me personally. I, and I'm sure you, you feel this way as well. As a writer, I would get. <sighs> I would get bored doing the same, writing about the same thing over and over and over again for years and years and years when it comes to working on one uh, property, you know, working on one thing and then just doing sequel after sequel after sequel. Like I would, as, as for me, I would want to do something new just naturally. I'd get bored of like creating new stories for like the same world over and over again. And I think that I'm pretty sure that, there are people, for all I know, Rockstar could feel that way, but maybe Take-Two is forcing them to keep doing Red Dead and Grand Theft Auto. I have no idea. You know, I don't, Rockstar is so, that that is such a closed and, and, and silent studio that and they only show their face once every couple years. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what that, triple a title triple a vr title is going to be in the near future but uh moving on here uh final fantasy remake part two will be affected by COVID 19 uh it says in an interview with the guardian this is coming from ign uh co-director now i do not want to butcher that person's name i'm so sorry um the co-director were asked about the effects of COVID 19 on the first part's release and they explained that the release of the game happening during this unprecedented situation has blindsided us. Uh, he went on to discuss how part two's development has been touched by the pandemic. Uh, at the current time, the team are still making the next game via remote working. Uh, their performance will uh, temporarily drop below 100% efficiency because of this, uh, but they don't think that it should impact it in the long term. Uh, and as far as part two will, what it, what part two will include, uh, the developers are like not saying much, but they did say that, you know, Sephiroth will play a major part in the next installment. Uh, uh, I know a little bit, I know a little bit of Sephiroth uh, in the Final Fantasy series, um, but apparently in Final Fantasy one, now you'd be able to speak more about this than than I would because in the remake, apparently they changed a lot of stuff in terms of the story and it looks like they're going to do the same thing with the part two version. And I, I, I can't speak on it cause I haven't played it, but hearing this news, well, I have played and completed it. Okay. So hearing this news, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, in terms of, you know, them being affected by COVID-19, are you worried about it or, and how do you feel about them? Um, I think we're all, ecstatic that there is a part two right, that, right that's confirmation that there is a sequel yeah there will be a second one and we were all hoping that but it wasn't confirmed yeah so i'm just grateful that that's happening because part one was great oh you love part one great okay. if there's a part two so that's the only caveat and the fact that there will be a part two and hopefully a part three um i couldn't be happier and obviously, due to the pandemic, it's understandable if there is a type of delay. I think someone at oh, absolutely, yeah. you know, you can uh, you can have a great delayed game, but you cannot have a uh, well. You will a rushed game will always be a uh, 
will always be a failure, but a delayed game can still be great. Yeah, something like that, that makes sense. Yeah, lines. and I would rather wait longer to get a great product. It's the same thing with Cyberpunk. I don't care that it got delayed. I care that it's great. Yeah. And all these people online talking about how the fucking footage looks like shit, even though it says that's not the final version. And even if that's how it looked, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. I think too many people are so focused, hyper-focused on how something looks. They don't care about the content behind it. Like, And, it, and it's unfortunate. I remember when I was talking to my brother about uh, Charlie Brown, and he's just like, ah, oh, it just doesn't look good. I'm just like, but it's not about the look, it's, the it's about the content. Yeah. And I get it, not everyone likes the content of Charlie Brown, and that's not the point of this conversation. Right. It's just, I like what it had to say, not all the time, but some of the time. And it spoke to me, and you know, it was, I was just grateful to be able to enjoy that experience. Never was I like, oh, the animation is just awful. Right. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. It can look as good or as bad as it wants to. As long as it can make me feel something, that's all I care about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like we're losing that part in gaming sometimes. And it's unfortunate, but it's, you know. Well, the only thing. Audience has changed. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, for me, the only thing that I have a problem with when it comes to how a game looks is when developers you know at these e3 events they show off gameplay that we know for a fact is not going to look like that in the final version but they'll show it at what we all can't be ubisoft right exactly and and that's my point is that you know we've seen games like the division i'll use the division too or no just the division in general and anthem uh as an example they presented these games to look a certain way to look i mean breathtaking and they get so dubbed down by the time they they're ready for release that it's almost a little bit of false advertising i think that what i would appreciate from developers is if they just were more upfront and honest uh from the reveal of the game how the game's gonna look in its final you know form now i understand they make it look so breathtaking because they want to get people talking they want to get people hyped about it but it's just going to be a huge letdown for the consumer when the game finally comes out and it doesn't look the way you showcased it in it uh, when it was first announced so i would just appreciate it if developers and publishers were just more upfront about how the game was going to look like uh from 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 the get-go and not fool us into thinking that it's going to look something when it looks like that, even though it's totally not. Uh, so that's, that's my whole thing when it comes to how a game looks or any, and everything like that. But uh, yeah, final fantasy, final fantasy seven remake. Uh, I've heard a few people talk about it. They said they were a little, little disappointed, um, but maybe this part two will make up for that, uh, which well, I, I think that's the problem. I think a lot of people uh, when reviewing that game, the the first issue comes to do you review it as an isolated game or do you review it knowing there's going to be a part two and a part three absolutely and that becomes a complicated question so if you review it as there's more coming it's perfect yeah it is absolutely perfect if it's on its own it's like well it's missing a lot unfortunately but the gameplay's fun the dialogue's interesting the way they reimagined the game is impressive uh, they added more context earlier in the game than they did in the original. 
Absolutely. I've had the opportunity to kind of play them both side by side for a little bit mm -hmm. uh, while doing the remake, and it's it's impressive what they've done. It's an, it's a really great experience. I think any Final Fantasy fan, period, not even a Final Fantasy VII fan, would enjoy this experience. Okay. Well, uh, especially with the you know obviously having the dialogue voiced is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I remember this game being super hyped. You know when it. You know uh, about the gameplay and the story, and the fact that he was even getting a remake. Everybody was super hyped about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope for the best. I hope that they can, you know, take their time on it, and hopefully the pandemic doesn't affect them too much. Uh, but moving on to the next, to the next uh, uh, topic here, uh, we're gonna be moving on to PlayStation Five now. Of course, we had the recent PlayStation 5 reveal and they revealed a whole lot of games. And now an article has come out saying that that was just that was just the tip of the iceberg and that Sony has a plethora of new games across a variety of genres that are that are still have yet to be announced. And there was this one uh, person named Tom Phillips who said that um, it's a, there's a number of first party and third party titles for the PlayStation 5 and that uh they they've held some stuff back because they knew they wanted to have something to fire back at microsoft with when the when xbox does its oh, game yeah. so, showcase in july um this month uh later on this month so obviously sony has been doing a tactic where they've been waiting to see what Mar microsoft uh is going to do um before they announce anything so it, it's good it's good to know that they have something up their sleeve it's good to know that we haven't seen everything that that they're prepared to offer yet in terms of the games. So I have no idea what those games can be. I'm hoping that one of those games is Silent Hill. I'm hoping that uh you know maybe we see some new IPs from uh developers that we haven't heard from for a while. We may even get a God of War 2 tease, who knows. But uh um yeah, do you have any theories on what uh games we could see from the next time we see the playstation 5 uh state of play uh i mean there's a few things uh if they're talking about uh new ips then unfortunately I, there's no way i can speculate but i think we're going to get some interesting remasters you know if we're doing if we're getting crisis then i think there's a really good chance that we might get a reboot or a remaster of uh what's the series that we were talking about a while back it's the the one that had a horrible launch on PS4. Uh, uh, Killzone, Killzone. I think Killzone, we might get into Shuffle. Killzone. Or I, hope so. I hope so. I hope so. That would be great. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, we're getting our Crash sequel. Yes. So that already counts. Uh, I mean, but that's not an exclusive. That's also coming for. Yeah, Xbox. I mean, it, it makes sense. They want to make max money on that, but yeah. I think they're obviously going to come out with some more. Uh, some more racing games of I always forget what the series is called, but they're gonna have some more of that. Uh, like I Drive I just Club hope for or, new or Forza, not Forza, yeah, not Forza. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're getting you know hopefully some new shooters, uh, some more adventure games. Uh, that's the weird thing about this because I feel like when they say that they may be talking more from an indie standpoint, which I don't have an issue with. I'm very excited right. to see what they're come what they've come up with. Uh, I think it's a real wait and see kind of a thing. I I don't really know what to expect, and that's kind of what's exciting, because we got to see what their heavy hitters are, 
So I'm curious to right. see what their B squad is. And not that their B squad's bad or even saying B squad. I think they can be very powerful. I think these are games we're just not going to see till later. Way I think later. Really yeah, yeah, way what later. The conversations about mm. which is why they weren't announced in the first uh showcase. In the first place, yeah. I think the I think the games that we saw in the first showcase are going to be the games that come out first and then uh like you said the B side they're going to uh those are going to come out much later. Um, closer to like the like the 2022 or 2023 something like that um, so yeah I mean we're excited I mean we'll, we'll have to wait and see what uh, Xbox has up their sleeve and what PlayStation 5 has up their sleeve I will say that this generation is 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 very interest is going to be very interesting more interesting than all the other ones because it's it's a generation that we don't know a lot about because we haven't seen too much of it we haven't seen how these consoles perform so it's going to be an interesting thing to see you know side by side which console is going to come out on top uh in in this new generation of uh of next gen consoles so i'm excited i'm excited we'll have to wait and see but what i'm not excited about is games costing 70 dollars uh from 60 dollars now of course uh it it has come out recently that 2k has announced that nba 2k 21 will cost $70. Now, um, we talked about it before in a previous podcast, how uh, $70 about games getting that price hike um, and whether it's justified or not. Me personally, I don't think it is if it's digital. But uh, if 2K is doing this, they're testing, first of all, I think they're testing the waters. And I think a lot more developers are going to do this as well as 2K. I think that they're going to do this also with WWE 2K games. They're going to make it $70 uh, because WWE 2K, I know, you know, a, a lot, a lot of people, this these are just for wrestling, you know, for my wrestling people out there, the WWE 2K didn't come out this year. They skipped a, they skipped a year and they're going to come out with another one next year um, because the, the last one did so bad. But um, I, I'm really not feeling the $70 price hike. Now, of course, $70 is going to be for the base game of of uh, NBA 2K21. And they just announced also a Kobe uh, special edition. Um, yep. And we can, I can pretty much guarantee that's going to go uh, upwards of past like 100-something bucks. Um, and it'll probably sell out quick because, again, it's the last time we're going to see Kobe on a cover of a basketball NBA game of an NBA game. So I imagine that's going to sell out quick. I would get it. I mean, if, if, I, if it was up to me, I would buy it. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I'm really just, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for a game. And then also 2k does that thing where they have the microtransactions and, and the pay to win stuff. So if you're paying seventy dollars for a game, you're well gonna put in. And that's just base too. That's just base. So people pay upwards of a hundred something dollars already for these pay to win uh, uh, things in the game. So if you add like a hundred dollars to an already seventy dollar game, you're playing. You're paying almost two hundred dollars just for one game, one game that comes out yearly. You know. So uh, if you think about it you spend $170 per person 
uh, and these games come out every year and there's like what eight years in a console generation they're making bank off of each individual who buys these games they're making bank and I just hope that some way somehow they reconfigure their strategy in terms of charging people so much for uh, a base game or their in-game well, content. Like, sorry to interrupt. It's, no, absolutely. I, I, Go ahead. I, I really feel like this is more for AAA titles. Yeah. So for our indies and stuff, they're still going to be a regular price. Not even 60, like 30 to 40. Um, I think they have to really be careful how far they go with this. I yes. think they're really, if I'm being honest, they're testing the waters to see how people react. And what better with a game that all sports fans in the video game who play video games, especially sports video games, uh, they're going to have to get it because they love these games, right? So if the same amount of people buy them as they do when it's $60, then I think that gives them the go-ahead. So we'll see how the community reacts. I think that's what this really is about, honestly. Because I think they've been wanting to raise the price for a while now, and this is the first time they're able to really test the waters on something like this. Right. Especially because they know they're going to have the Kobe edition. They know they're going to have, like, you know, this is the last time we'll be play as Kobe, so, like, they're going to go all out, they're going to do great stuff with him in the game, and they're going to have all these murals and stuff, which I can't wait for, and the yeah. music's going to be amazing, I'm sure. So, like, even I would consider getting it, and I don't like sports games that much. Right. But, like, this one sounds like the one to get, personally. And that's saying something. And I still wouldn't pay $70 for it, but I'm not the demographic, so. Right. And it's, you know, and they know, I think the the main reason why they set, they set on the fact that they're going to make it $70 is because it's Kobe. They know they're going to, they know people want, they want that uh, Kobe edition. So they said, okay, we'll make it 70. And then we know we're going to make bank on the special editions for the Kobe. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, no, that's true. I've been back and forth with it. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to buy it or not. Uh, it's, it's a wait and see thing for me. I have to see where my mind's at with that. Uh, because again, it's, it's not going to happen again. But, uh, again, if I don't, if I don't make a decision soon, I know these are going to sell quick. So I gotta, I gotta make a decision on that. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's, that's that, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll see what happens in the coming, in the coming months and the coming years where, uh, where the prices of these games are going to stand and whether they're going to, uh raise raise them to 70 and if they do raise them to 70 are the digital versions going to remain the same it, it, it is totally a wait and see basis but um moving on to uh our next topic here uh this comes to us uh from the mafia series um now of course we know that the mafia definitive edition remake for the first one is coming out and we thought it was going to come out in august but now it appears that it's been delayed uh, a month uh, to September. Uh, let's see. It says uh, from H Hangar 13 uh, wrote a, wrote a statement 
saying from the beginning this has been a passion project for us many of our developers helped create the original mafia and all of us are committed to crafting an updated experience worthy of that timeless classic we appreciate your patience and understand as we are making an understanding as we are making mafia definitive edition the very best it can be for all of our fans worldwide 2k games and hangar 13 wrote uh and then they said this post originally stated that mafia 2 and mafia 3 were completely overhauled but they only received relatively minor updates the text uh and the text of the article has uh you know reflected that so um yeah i'm not upset with this i'm not upset i mean do whatever you got to do to uh make the game the best it can be i'm willing to wait uh i'm gonna play the mafia remaster regardless uh, we're both gonna play it regardless and i we would i i think i speak for both of both of us when, when i say we both prefer a developer take their time to give us the best game that they can instead of rushing it out and it being buggy or being horrible so yeah that's 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 my thought on on this what do you think no i mean like i like i said before it's i rather uh, a delayed game than a rushed game because you can yeah. fix the yeah. delayed game you can never fix a rushed game it's as Absolutely. easy as that yeah you know, and, and, you know, we, we saw glimpses of what Mafia, the definitive edition is going to look like and what it's going to bring. And I cannot wait. So if, if they got to take their time, take your time. I mean, their artists. Funny thing is it's actually taking place of the original release date for cyberpunk, which is interesting. Oh, that's it was good. Come out in September. Right. So that's and a that's... way of looking at it. Yeah. To take advantage of that time slot. I mean, you know, we see we see that happen all the time, especially in the uh, movie industry. They they take time slots when movies get pushed back or and stuff like that. So that's that's really good. Um, you know, so yeah, take your time. Hangar thirteen. You know, no rush. Uh, you know, we have a lot to look forward to this year. Hopefully, nothing gets uh, delayed. Any. Uh, hopefully, nothing else gets delayed. But uh, but yeah, moving on to our second to last uh uh article here it is now we don't talk a lot about movies here but this is in relation to a uh video game being adapted into a movie um you know of course we already have a video game adapted tv series like the witcher that was on netflix which i still need to watch by the way i still haven't watched uh, oh i've witcher. seen it it's, it's wonderful it's wonderful okay is yeah. it is it loyal to the books or the or the game is it does it do it justice? Uh, it's the Lord of the Books. Okay. Lord but there the are books. references to the... There is one reference to the game. So that was a nice nod. Okay. All right. Absolutely. That's that's good. Well, now it looks like we're getting another uh, video game TV series adaption uh, from the Westworld uh, creators. Uh, and, of course, I'm talking about the, a Fallout TV series. Um, it's coming from Amazon, Bethesda, and like I said, the creators of Westworld. And I think that's pretty cool. A Fallout series could be could be really dope. Uh, I would love to see it. Now, my only thing is, where would it take place? Would it take? Would, would it? Is it it's going gonna to be its own thing? So I think it's, it's going to be, be in a state thing. that we haven't had Fallout in yet, okay. or that we have not experienced Fallout in yet. If it's made by the people who did Westworld. It could kind of go a lot of different ways. Right. I mean, I'm hoping it still stays with there was this calamity. It's not a, do you want to feel the fallout experience? <laughs> you know, I'm hoping it's not that, but right. I think it could be, it has a lot of potential. It's a uh, personally, 
Uh, I wanted to be able to create the first Fallout experience, but it's whatever. <laughs> it's it's fine. Sorry. I mean, I'll make a better one. It's whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or hopefully. But no, I'm excited for it. Uh, I think the way they teased it was honestly great. Personally, yeah. if they want to make like their first original trailer, it's got to be reminiscent of Fallout 3 or Fallout New Vegas is opening. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, actually, I was really hoping that we were gonna see someone turn off the the uh, the monitor that's like waiting, or not the right. monitor, but like the TV, the yeah. tube TV. Yeah, yeah. And then you see the person's reflection, and it's the actual, it's the it's the it's the suit. But okay. anyway, you know, it's whatever. I mean, it's that. I'm just saying, you should use it. I don't care. Take it. Do it the right way. Because if you fuck this up, you fuck it up for everyone who wants to make these. And I think they went with a great creative choice. I mean, I'm really impressed that they got the people to do Westworld to do this. Yeah. And they're very, very well written. They can write really, really well. Uh, Westworld on its own is doing phenomenal. Even got renewed after season three. Or fourth season, season three, really? Yeah. So oh, wow. the show is doing incredible. Okay. Well, that's season cool. two was the only season that uh, people were a little bit off on. Some people loved it. Some people didn't like it. Some people said it was too slow. Uh, but everyone who's watched season three that I've talked to has said they are back on track. Okay. And everyone is in love with that show. So I'm so happy that these people are taking control of a beloved series that I love so much, and they're actually going the right direction. I think a television show is the right way to do it. Right. Because uh, there's just too much to talk there's about. There's too much for it to be just like one movie, a two-hour movie. Um, because I think at that point, it would just be like every other post-apocalyptic thing. And I, well, imagine the budget for this show, though. Because again, Fallout has a whole bunch of creatures, a whole bunch of monsters, a whole bunch of... CG and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think the show will work if it's mostly practical. You know, most most of your enemies can be human. That's fine. Uh, You know, it's not like with Halo where, like, everything has to be a monster. Right. really coming after you. Uh, Most of the enemies in Fallout are humans or insects. Okay. Or animals. And you can see so, yeah. Yeah, so depending on how you play it, and you can, you can use them lot. sparingly. You don't have to have them in every episode. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, you know, like when I originally was thinking about doing, you know, something like this, I was like, okay, the biggest cost is really going to be costumes, right? Because I, I don't really need a lot of insects. You can pull it off. I mean, obviously there are, but if you keep it more into the vaults or into like cities and towns, you can get away with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And do you see them? I mean, I know we, you know, you said that it wasn't going to be, have anything to do with the games. Do you think they'll reference characters from the games? Oh, well, or like anything when I like say that? that, I just mean they're not going to be like, hey, you want Fallout 3, the TV show? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think it'll be in the same world, but I think it's just going to focus on a place we haven't been yet, which right. is what I would do personally. Yeah. If I was okay. being really honest, they should do what uh, Obsidian was going to do and put it in New Orleans, but that's just me. Right. Because uh, yeah. that, that, I mean, my gosh, there's, so <laughs> much, there's just so much there. I'm not yeah. going to geek out on you all, but it, it would have been incredible. So Absolutely. if they're doing that, I mean, I'm, I'm more than in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm definitely in with the Fallout uh, television series. It, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a... 
I'm a new fan to, I'm not going to say I'm like a full fledged fan of the fallout series, but I've played a few of the games and you know, the, the games that I've played, I've, I've loved, I love the, I love, uh, visiting that world, uh, interacting. Well, with and not only that characters. Cameron, you're, you're not a big fan of RPGs. So that's fine. no, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of RPGs. I, although I'm starting to become, I, I mean, starting to get there slowly, but surely becoming a big fan of RPGs. It really depends on the game. Uh, I'm uh, sure a lot of this is thanks to The Witcher. I would assume. Yeah, a lot of it is thanks to the wit. Well, The Witcher, Fallout, because uh, I did play Fallout Three. Um, but oh, yeah, The Witcher. Didn't it. I didn't finish it, but I did play it, uh, and it had a, a huge impact on me. And then Mass. Well, would you consider a Mass Effect an RPG or no? It's more like an action and adventure. Okay, more action and adventure. But uh, yeah, uh, Witcher especially got me into it. It got me into it, um, and. Now, it's not an open world. Yeah. These are more open world RPGs. Yeah. yeah, and I'm more now. I'm more interested in playing RPGs and giving RPGs a chance. Uh, I still need a minute on those uh, Souls games though, like uh, Bloodborne <laughs> and Dark Souls. That look, man. That'll be a I, great stream. That that'll be a great stream. Uh, it'll be a great stream if you want to see me lose my fucking mind because. Oh no, I've you can seen... do it cooperatively. Oh, you can. You can play the yeah. whole game cooperatively. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yeah, absolutely. Then I'll, I'll I'll give that a shot. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know it was cooperatively um, that you could play those games. That's probably the only way I will play it is if it's cooperatively. Because that's actually uh, originally why I played Bloodborne. Funny enough. Oh, because it was I only cooperative. played it because yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, which was interesting because the response after uh, playing with this person two or three times was, "Dude, just play it by yourself." I'm like, "Dude, I got this game so we could play it." Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now I'm not playing it anymore. <laughs> yeah, not that Bloodborne's bad game. I did play a little bit more of it by myself. It's just not the same. Okay, all right. Well, well, yeah. So we're 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 excited for the Fallout TV show. Um, looking forward to it, and it has great people behind it. So I'm sure it's going to be nothing less of amazing. Uh, and before we get out of here, we have one more uh segment that we're going to do, and this is a spoiler segment. Uh, apparently a rumor rumor slash spoiler segment of the show. Uh, now. An article has come out. Now, if you don't want to hear any potential spoilers of the next Halo game, which is Halo Infinite, then I suggest you turn off the the uh, podcast right now. And uh, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate uh, you listening. Those who are interested, uh, stay stay tuned. Yeah. Now, granted, this is a rumor, so take it with a grain of salt. It's a rumor slash potential spoiler for the next Halo game. Uh, so everybody has been uh talking about these the like a toy line that uh for the past couple of you know years toy lines have been spoiling different movies and different tv shows because they come out before the movie or tv show takes place or comes out so you'll see potential spoilers uh about it and this isn't there's nothing different here when it comes to halo uh a toy line has potentially spoiled a story point in the game uh, 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 spoiled a character's death um, and that character's death being Spartan Locke. Spartan Locke. Yeah, that's his name, right? Spartan Locke. Yep. Uh, and if you don't know him by that name, you may know him if you are a Marvel Netflix fan as Luke Cage. Luke Cage. And if you don't know that name, his actual name is uh, Mike Coulter. Yeah, Mike Coulter. Really good actor. Really mm-hmm. Seems like a really nice dude does great in everything he does yeah yeah really good actor um and he was he was also yeah he was, he was in that television show for the spartan lock that they did 
Uh, that little that was an one. Xbox exclusive, and I even watched it. And yeah, <laughs> it was oh. their first attempt. I think that's why they don't want to do another Halo TV series because I was like, they're, they're doing it. Well, they're doing it with Spielberg. They're doing it for Showtime. They've been they've been doing things with Spielberg in terms of this Halo thing for years. I mean, I'm talking about a yeah, decade. This one's actually happening, so okay. that's why I'm excited. Yeah. Um. So apparently, the spoiler is is that. The reason why they come up with this conclusion is that there's a character. I don't. I don't know the character's name. Uh, but this character is wearing Locke's helmet, and they're assuming that at some point in the game, Locke is going to get killed in Halo Infinite, which is of course a sequel to Halo Five. So we don't know. We don't know. I don't know for sure. I mean, I mean, why else would he be wearing his helmet if Spartan Locke is dead? You know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, what what are your thoughts on Spartan Locke dying uh, in the series? If this uh, is true. I mean, personally, I wasn't his biggest fan. I thought he was okay. I mean, like, I really feel like you don't even know who he is until you watch the show. Right. Which, like, most people haven't watched anyway. So that's a whole other problem. But, I don't know. It's just, uh, I'm trying to remember. The Banished. Yeah, the leader of the Banished, the Banished. is wearing his helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the Banished come from the Halo War series, which is a uh, a game I have ripped on for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. But I will be honest, uh, I have not played the story. So the story could be good. My issue was that it just felt like a PC thing. Because Halo Wars 1, the first one, was awful. Right. 2, haven't played, can't talk shit about it. But it sounds like uh, this this storyline is coming from two the uh, the fallen. Okay. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, it, the problem with Locke is you focus on Locke for most of Halo Five, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of he's just arrogant. Like there's nothing really lovable about him. That that's kind of the problem. Like he's just like he feels like a silent protagonist that talks, <laughs> which is really really weird. Right. I remember they hyped up in Halo 5. They hyped up the fight between him and Chief. And it's just yeah, like, you know, I mean... The, and the fight wasn't even that impressive. No, it wasn't. Because it's just like, dude, I mean, we've spent years with Chief. And we've only spent, like, what, a couple months with Locke, yeah. if if that, you know? And it's just... Mm-hmm. It's just well, like, the other thing. We... So, uh, in the show, he becomes a Spartan, uh, which is a big deal. Uh, he loses a lot of his comrades uh, on this deadly mission where he eventually becomes a, you know, uh, a Spartan, which right. is a very big deal. But the problem is you don't get that in the game. You don't get that, like, struggle or that, like, sense of, like, like he's growing to be a better person. He's just him. He's right. just like, I'm the shit. I can fuck up whoever I want to fuck up. I can take down Master Chief. That ain't shit. Like, and this is like, that's, who can't, like, that's never been Halo, ever. Right. So they were trying to go in a different direction, and I think I thought it was the wrong direction. And, like, killing him off, I don't think that really means much, but I think killing him off like that... Will probably give Chief the motivation, more, yeah. Which is interesting. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's, that makes it better, but... Well, it'll probably I mean, give we'll Chief motivation. 
you know, to try I don't to even, I mean, I don't think Chief will be like, how dare you do that to one of my comrades? This is just more like you took out a Spartan, like, that's fucked up. Yeah. And you wore his shit, like, you know, that's just... And you're rubbing it in my face. It's egregious, yeah. 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 So, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, uh, that's, you know, that's the rumor, and it looks like that, that would make sense if it was true, unless they want to pull one of the things where, like, he got my helmet, but he didn't get me. Yeah. As if that makes sense. Um, yeah, well, so. I mean, I mean, studios do this all the time, though, where like if a new studio gets an IP, they'll slowly try to implement their take on the story and make the story the way they want it, even though the, the studio and the creators of the of the actual game didn't intend it to go in that route. I mean, again, we talked about this with the coalition and their gears uh when they got the gears series they they changed it and turned it into a whole another different direction they took it a different direction yeah. yeah and that's what these new studios do they want to put their own stamp on the series now whether that stamp works or it doesn't work is up for debate but you know i i i i, I don't know i mean the halo infinite we'll we'll have to wait and see um i'm sure it'll be showcased at xbox xbox's uh next uh game reveal later on in july and i'm I'm most certainly it will be so i don't know if i'm pretty sure they'll show gameplay i don't think it'll be another trailer but we'll just have to wait and see to to wait and see what what uh what comes next for the halo series but anyways that is the show everybody we got a lot of topics to talk about and we got through them in a timely manner uh you know i wasn't sure i i thought this was going to be a two-hour show with the as many topics as we had to go through but luckily we got through it all and uh you know we want to thank you guys for checking us out uh today uh any closing thoughts uh malcolm nah i mean this has been an interesting couple weeks of gaming and there's a lot more to come and you you know thank you for you know sticking around and listening to us ramble about games and what we think is the future of gaming and you know what we think about games now so yeah uh, we hope you stick around and just appreciate it yeah and as always guys you can check out this episode as well as others other episodes on spotify apple podcast and anchor uh just type in the land cable podcast and you will find us on there and then um you know you can follow us on twitter at jones bros um and you know and that's it and we want to thank you guys so much for checking us out and we hope you continue to check us out on these different platforms and stay tuned for more uh podcasts in the future uh and we hope that you guys have a great rest of your week and a great weekend deuces